It's time for honest reflection in youth ministry. The present culture is more established than ever. It's so crushing for many a youth pastor. There's a lot to be learned about youth ministry and even more to be shared. Here's to hoping that this helps. Whether you are 19 and have just started or have been serving in ministry for 19 years, we hope that this weekly dose of honesty and humor will help to heal and renew hope for you and yours. Welcome to After 9, the most honest hour in youth ministry. Hey, welcome to After 9. My name is Chad Higgins. Uh, Zach Morgan. Dude, how in the world are you? Man, I'm doing okay. Uh, I just got back from a big conference, Orange Conference in Atlanta. Oh, man, I was impressed. Um, by I, thought, by... I thought Florida was oranges. <laughs> it was California. Like, it was one of those. I, I really, that was a missed opportunity. I know there were a lot of folks that were dressed in all orange, um, but they weren't handing out any fruit. Like, there was, like, no fruit to be found anywhere. Wait, like, it what? wasn't even. It wasn't even, like, an ironic, like, hey, here's a bunch of bananas because we're out of orange. Like, I feel like that should have been, like, the last day. I don't know. <laughs> it was, like, a missed opportunity. Did you not was, walk like, around the whole time just going, or, orange you glad I didn't say banana? <laughs> orange you glad? Like, we're, really, there was no orange. Like, Orange Julius wasn't a sponsor. Like, there was no fresh squeezed orange juice. It was just, uh, it happened to be a color. O.J. Like, Simpson's like, out in the, the lobby. Right, right. Oh, man. Like, there was no, like, Tulsa volunteer, like college team there because they were orange or even like osu cowboy it was just no orange to be found um no syracuse syracuse would have been the sponsor because they're the orange uh no it was a lot of fun and i got to meet some folks uh, we got to meet some of our fellow podcaster folks uh griff from dym was there got to hang out with him oh, cool. and then um kenny and l were doing their thing for stuff you can use and it was great uh and so learned a lot it was exciting but really more than anything else it was just the reminder of like oh man it's camp season. When I get back from this, like all eyes are towards like June and July stuff. And so it was just one of those, like, here we go. When we get back, it's go time. It's game time. (laughs) Are you getting ready? Do you feel ready for summer? You know what? Like I've been like, kind of like pounding the chest, walking around, you know, I've got the gym set up in the garage. (laughs) Like I'm working on having the Rocky montage queue with my alarm clock every morning. So I can just like, I mean, just get fit ready, you know, just get ready. So I don't know. I've got some, like, got some, um, some meat hanging in the refrigerator, like a little walk-in refrigerator at church. So I can go, like, you know, pound the beef kind of deal. I feel like there are th- there are three types of youth ministers leading into the summer. Okay, okay. okay. here here's my arch- observation. What are the archetypes? Okay, so you have the one like like you're talking about that is like gearing and, uh, up, yes. right? Like he is like <laughs> doomsday prepper. You know what yeah. I mean? He's like storing away food and he's yeah. just like preparing himself for the worst, but hoping for the best. Right. <laughs> and then you have like the dude that it's like, uh, I equate it to myself at when I have to wake up at like five in the morning for something like you're there but not really. You know what I mean? Like right. you're yeah, just yeah, like yeah. dreading it. And it's like every day you're like, what one day closer to camp. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> all right, Eeyore. And then there's like the third one is like the dude that it's like May 28th. And he's like, oh, oh, like camp's <laughs> next week. 
right? It's probably like a really small percentage, but it's a very like like noticeable percentage. Like it's like the eight percent that everybody like jokes about for youth pastor people or whatever. And it's like, oh man, camps next week. And so <laughs> I feel like that person exists probably in a very like narrow margin of people, but probably in a way that's the most memorable, right? Like that's the person you're like, yeah, man, like I don't even know if he knew the things that were about to happen that he was supposed to be planning or whatever, but. We're, we're not out of the world. We're still wearing our camp T-shirts that set us apart, but we're in it. We're totally in it. No, it's okay. But I think your three archetypes get that way because that's the three kind of kids that go to camp too, right? It's the kid that's been waiting for camp since last year's camp. It's the person that's like begrudgingly going because if they don't go, everybody will talk about how they didn't go. And then it's the kid that like got roped into it the last minute. I will never forget my first summer here in Tulsa when I was at the church. Um that we had a kid that wanted to go to camp. Well, he wanted to hang out with his friend. And so the morning of camp brought his paperwork because he didn't really understand. And then he brought a backpack in which he brought one change of clothes because I guess it wasn't relayed to him. Like he had no bedding. He had no towels. He had no like hygiene kit stuff. Like he literally had an extra pair of shorts, a t-shirt and his guitar and he did not know we were going to be gone for five days. And when I called his parental and was like, hey, you did it. And he was like, that's fine. <laughs> so uh, we ended up just <laughs> we, we gave him the camp shirt. I bought him a pair of twin size sheets uh, when we were like got in a camp Walmart nearby and we got him some hygiene stuff. But it was just this amazing thing of like you could tell that he kind of wanted to go, but had no idea that he was going to be gone for a week. <laughs> It's just like, a, like an overnight thing, right? I guess I just everybody, when they think of youth ministry, assumes it's a lock-in. And I was like, oh, no, we're locking you in for five days. <laughs> you see that bus out there? It's going to take us places. So, oh, my gosh. Well, speaking of conferences and memorable camp stories, this episode is really special. So Chad had the opportunity to capture a story from one of our, um, our conference goings this last April. And we'll just say that this is um, – this camp story is not a stinker, and we're really excited to share from our friends this amazing camp story that hopefully for you friends, whether you're getting ready, already ready, or wondering how long you have to get ready, that this story is memorable and reminds you of how important camp can be. So catch us on the backside after this amazing story of how memorable camp really is. Hey, how are you guys? Um, you could please tell us your name. Tell us where you're from. Yeah, hey, I'm Zach. I'm a student pastor over in West Texas. I've uh, been doing student ministry for about six years now. Uh, so we've got some, uh, some fun stories to tell you guys. And um, my, uh, my name is Connor. I'm from Midland, Texas. And uh, I'm, a, I'm a youth volunteer over there in my church. And uh, just been kind of trying to get my hands and feet into it, kind of testing the water, seeing how I'm digging youth ministry right now. I'm pretty much liking it right now. So, Awesome. Well, cool. Thank you guys so much for, um, for joining us today. We want to hear your favorite youth ministry story. So please tell us. Okay, so my favorite youth ministry story is actually how Connor and I met. So he's at a different church than the church that I'm at. Uh, I happened to become friends with their youth pastor. We ha- were like, hey, 
uh, let's do camp together this year. Uh, and so it's my first year taking students to camp, uh, which was a fun experience for me in and of itself. Uh, but we had all these events planned beforehand, movie nights and stuff, so we can get our students together to get connected, to break some of that right. ice, uh, to kind of lay some groundwork for some relationships. Uh, well, none of that stuff happened <laughs> at all. And so we're going into it, and me and their youth pastor, we're just like, man, this is going to be a train wreck. Our students are weird, uh, and we're not <laughs> sure how they're going to me- mess with each other. Uh, so we we go into camp, and uh, we're, we're all together. And it's things are going great. we got the usual camp experience. you got God breaking down barriers and relationships happening and God transforming lives. Well, every man, uh, and maybe women, uh, I haven't heard of it so far, there's always a situation in life where you learn uh, to not trust certain bodily functions <laughs> as, as you have grown accustomed to. Uh, and so one of the students that's there, if you've ever seen the kid at camp wearing uh, the, hey, here's my phone number on the back of my T-shirt, okay. and you're like, hey, God, thank you for not having him in my group. He, <laughs> he, that was our group. Uh, sorry. Uh, but so this guy, just all about getting the ladies' attention. All right. Uh, and so the last night of camp, great night of worship. We're, we're going into worship, uh, and uh, all of a sudden, Connor ducks out. He's just going back and forth out of worship. I'm like, man, what is Connor doing? What is he getting into? Uh, and so um, Connor later tells us what was going on. Um, okay, so basically what had happened, um, everybody knows how camp food can be. Um, and, <laughs> and so I'm not going to justify this, but I'm just I'm going to I'm going to try my hardest. We're just putting this out there for the world. All right. Yeah. Um but no, at, at at dinner that night, they had two options, the safe bet which you usually go for. <laughs> Wait, there's like a risk level with your cooks? Basically, you always have that risk level oh, account. Yeah. And so the safety, the safety choice was a hot dog, which in my mind I should have been. Look, this is the last night of camp. I'm tired. I should just go over this. But in the second this line, is, wait, never, never should there ever be a YOLO moment at dinner. <laughs> but yeah, I know. But I mean, foolish me. I we've all grown through this experience. Okay, but the second option, Philly cheesesteak, which immediately I should be thinking, you know, camp in the middle of July. Last day, Philly cheesesteak just does not combine. This should not make sense. But I decided to go for it. And I've never had a Philly cheesesteak in my life. But I'm deciding, I'm trusting God with this, and I think he's going to surprise me. And so, I eat it. I'm feeling fine. We're exhausted. You know, it's the last day of camp. Everybody's just just completely done. So we decide to go back to the cabin and take a power nap. I'm sleeping like a baby. And so... Sack wakes me up and goes, hey, man, uh, are you ready to head to worship? I'm like, yeah, let's go. We start walking there with a couple other students. And, I'm, you know, I'm feeling it, man. Okay. There, there's, a, there's a disturbance in the force, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and um, so we get halfway there, and Zach goes, man, that food's not setting with me right. And I go, yeah, <laughs> I know what you mean. And... I, I'm thinking, like, man, I should have gone to the bathroom. But I'm thinking, I can power through this. I'm a man. I can I can handle this. I get one foot on the line of the worship center, and it's done. And it just it comes out with a vengeance. It's just, <laughs> yes, yes, I know, I know. 
go, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I know it's just, it, it, I can't even handle it. It just comes out, but I was lucky. It was compact. So it stayed, it stayed in a little place. So I'm thinking if I can just make it in this bathroom, I'm going to be fine. And I can immediately look at Zach and I can tell he knows something's up because, I mean, it's it's gnarly. It's coming. Wait, are you a student at this point or a leader? Uh, I, I was I was a junior in high school okay. at this point. So uh, at least it, it was a little okay. Well, no, it's really not okay. But <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so I make it to the bathroom. I, I'm, you know, every every man's had this problem. And so <laughs> I, I'm not going to – you can't lie. And I'm checking. I'm trying to do recovery mode, and there's no saving this. <laughs> But I just—I de- decide I'm gonna make what I can do, and I—I I just kind of throw away the mess, and I sit in service because I'm thinking, this—this this is junior in high school me. I'm thinking, if I leave, if I leave service right now, I'm gonna get in trouble, and this is gonna be even harder to explain. <laughs> so I go into service, and it's the longest service I've had in my entire life. Yeah. I'm just sitting there, and you can see people start like looking over their shoulder, looking at me because they know something's going on. That that aroma. 10 oh. feet radius, you know. And so, um, you know, service is over and all I do is, hey, I got to go to the cabin and change. Don't give any reasons, no answers, no questions. Right. Go to the cabin and change. And so I come back and um, I'll, I'll let Zach give that part. Yeah, so the whole time that Connor's going back and forth, checking to make sure um, no one smells anything, it is not working at all. Uh, like, we are sitting in the middle <laughs> of the worship service and there's people around him and he has the girls of his youth group sitting in front of him and periodically throughout the worship set they would do the over the shoulder and just kind of look at him kind of look at me they're not quite sure who it is and I'm like oh no they think it's me (laughs) I can't have that and then I start thinking wait a second is it me because I'm not entirely sure what's going on with Connor I just know he's leaving I think I may have stepped in some dog mess myself and I'm like okay so I keep going periodically back and forth trying to make sure that there's nothing there I'm like okay I'm safe and then I realize during prayer time oh no it's Connor this is not good and I was like oh god what do I do and as student pastors go um you're always looking for that opportunity to to take a, a a bad situation and spin that and i'm just like oh god please help me please please help me hold on wait so you're spinning this right you're like this is a great ministry moment this 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 young man just pooped his pants lord use me talk about a moment of need (laughs) so uh he connor leaves uh after service and we go to our breakout sessions where we have a little small group time to talk about everything and everyone's just like where is connor where's connor and I'm like, okay, they're going to ask this. Like, I can see it in the girls' faces. People are talking. Right. There's whispers going on. And I'm like, I can't let this guy go through this. And so I have the genius idea to just own up to it. And I'm like, guys, I know there was a smell in the auditorium. Let's just get that out right now. <laughs> I, I saw the over-the-shoulder that you girls were giving us. I was like, here's what happened. Uh, I think I stepped in some dog mess on the way into worship service. And so if you smelt something... Uh, I, I apologize. That may that may have been what it was. To which they say, "Oh!" And apparently, all thirty of the students around had already been talking about it the entire time. Right. 
And they're like, that's what it was. And they're like, oh, Zach stepped in dog poo uh, and not knowing. So everyone keeps laughing. And then Connor comes into the situation, not knowing that I had just taken this massive bullet for him. Yeah. He's thinking everyone's laughing at him. So, yeah, basically, I walk into the situation completely oblivious. I, anxiety at an all-time high in my entire life. I'm just like, what? You're walking into this just wild card. This could go horrible. And I'm sitting there, and it's going calm. I'm kind of looking at everybody, seeing if they're staring at me. Everything's going great. And then somebody brings up dog poop, and I'm like, what's that? And then Zach says the story again, just looks at me, winks, and then just keeps going. And I've never been happier to have a friend like that. <laughs> it, it was an emotion. It was towards the end of the week. It was an emotional thing, and everybody's hugging each other and crying. So I use that as an excuse. I go up, hug Zach, and Zach just whispers in my ear, you owe me one. He's <laughs> <laughs> just, just, oh, man. And the, and the funniest part is when we started camp, whenever we first met each other, you know, that I, I'm still a youth student. And so I see them pull up in their van, and I'm done. And, like, the whole group's like, this is ridiculous. We don't even know these people. When you find them to camp, this is ridiculous. And I'm deciding to be the better person. And I go up to all of them, and I'm like, I'm going to greet them. I'm going to shake their hands. They seem nice. And I go, and I'm shaking, introduce myself. Hi, I'm Connor. It's nice to meet you. I'm glad you're coming, and blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. I get to Zach. <laughs> Zach turns to me. He looks me in the eye, and I extend my hand to greet him, and he walks away. <laughs> Completely blows me off. And, you know, looking back at it, it wasn't that big of a deal, but in my mind, I was done immediately. <laughs> I went up to my youth pastor, like, "Who is this dude?" He was like, "Oh, I know, I know from a college class." Well, he's a jerk, and I don't know, I don't know if he seemed nice. He's like, "Well, what's wrong?" He didn't even shake my hand, and I literally, it was fine at the beginning, but the entire like four hour drive in the van just escalated my anger the more and more. So, it started camp completely hating this guy and he i never knew the sacrifice he would have been made for me at the end of this he took a bullet for you man that is an absolutely phenomenal story thank you guys i think it is a great representation of how sometimes as a youth minister we definitely take the bullet for our students so that is great i love hearing you guys relationship and it's even cooler that you guys are sitting here today together at this youth conference together very cool thank you guys so much for sharing thank you Zach are so excited about what is next, and we want to keep you in the know. If you are not in the After 9 email club, then sign up today at bit.ly slash after 9 email. That's bit.ly slash after 9 email. Each week, Zach and Chad are sending out encouraging words and monthly bonus features. Hear even more hilarious stories and encouraging and honest words about youth ministry. Sign up today at bit.ly slash after nine email or visit www.afternineministry.com to learn more. Welcome back. I hope. Yes. 
<laughs> we hope you enjoyed that story as much as we have. You know what? It's just good to know that there's buddies in ministry that started out as really memorable students. I just it's special, right? Like how special is that? I mean, I don't want to poo-poo anything, but it's just really special <laughs> that story. Well, you know, so as we break what we as we break down that story, I want us to to think through a couple of different things and that's kind of where we're going to go on the second half of this episode and why we wanted to share that story because really what we want to talk through um over our next little bit is how do we make sure to develop important and long-lasting relationships um yes. with our students um, especially coming into uh, camp season, but just in, in basic in your ministry, like um, how, how do we create those? How do we facilitate those? Um, how do we get those to, to um, be fruitful, right? Because I think that there's um, all different types of relationships that we have. And, and I think there's a certain way that um, our students need to see us and, and the way that we yeah. do ministry effectively and well. And so um, that, that's really, really important. But I, I love that story. Um, and what's really cool is you may not get to see the the full interaction in just hearing that story. But, you know, Zach and I got to talk to these guys um, at this conference. And, and They are such oh. buddies. They're dude bros. They love each other. <laughs> and and I don't know if, if you caught the uh, – how all of that happened. So you have this student who he's going to his normal camp. His youth minister invites this other church who the youth minister that you heard from was from the other church. And so this, this kid didn't know him. Right. And was really unsure about these people even coming. And then it was all of a sudden like, this "This is our thing. And you're right. And then this other dude, like, I mean, he goes to bat for him. Right. Like, I mean, he could have very easily just like let that kid take the dive, you know, and and he very much was there for that kid, and 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 I think that you get to see the the impact that that had on that young man's life. I mean, to to some extent, like this guy is now in ministry, right? Because um, of probably, this. yeah. Like that's such a crazy, like you know, like they, they won't say it that way. I'll say it that way. He's in ministry <laughs> because of this. The story did not go to waste. <laughs> Are you just going to do puns the whole time? Is that what's going to happen? I've got one or two more. <laughs> so anyways. Hey, don't do some of my parade. <laughs> wow. Wow. All right. Okay. So anyways. So Zach, as, as we talk about, as we talk about building these relationships, um, there, I, I want us to, to start in this place. One, I think that, um, you know, when we start talking about after nine and these questions that that um, we may be asking ourselves, I think for a lot of youth ministers, they the the fail area is we probably take these relationships in one or two different directions that isn't the like sweet spot of where we want to be. I think one, we either become too buddy uh, buddy with some of sure. our students, um, or we I'm just a sister and these are my best friends. Yeah, <laughs> right. Hey, mom, um, I'm hanging out with Chad again. He's buying the snow cones. <laughs> right. Or Dude, or you already please. Yeah. <laughs> um. Or or we swing at the other direction where we're just the authoritative um type person school, in their life. Master Chad. Yeah. Right. Um. And and I'll be honest. That's probably if if I. Um, am I going to be honest, right? And we're supposed to be honest, right? That's probably the camp that I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the camp that I end up swinging into okay. more often that I, I want to change in my life. But 
Um, so Zach, tell me what are, what are some indicators that you can see that maybe we should look out for on whether or not we're in either one of these camps and what gets us into those places? Well, I think, I think when it comes to the kind of relational structuring that you have with your students, you have you have to be careful because there there is a tendency to, to slip or slide one way or the other. Um, so, like uh, a friend of mine who's a, a kind of a full time licensed uh, practicing counselor talks about um, never give youth ministry students gifts. Like that's kind of his okay. kind of like like flag for like if you have a student in your ministry and you're giving them gifts. Like if you if you have like a, I mean you would never say they're your favorite because we don't have favorites. Wink, um, but like you should never give it. So even if it's a birthday, I mean, like the only gift you probably should ever give is like a free Bible, or like maybe like the graduating senior gift that every graduating senior gets. Because if you start to build in these practices where it's like you're favoring or you're giving or you're doling out in a very tangible way, it can kind of shift the relationship. But by the same token, you should be also giving of time to these students and kind of picking students and that you're going to mentor, that you're going to care about. And this this is where I think it's really important to have a balance of mentoring leaders and a balance of mentoring students. Um, because if you are in the place where you're only pouring into students that are, that are younger than you, um, you're going to feel like um, you're either on their level or totally above them, like Chad talked about a minute ago, that you're either going to be their buddy-buddy and you're on their level all the time, or you're going to feel like you're like their kind of like schoolmeister teacher suddenly you really embody that sunday school kind of persona like where you only dispense truth to them and so i think it's really important to have a balance of having adults that you're mentoring that can be peer-like relationships so maybe maybe the rule is for every for every student you want to mentor you should have at least an adult or two that you're really connecting with as well so that way you're not just trying to build up a little ministry of young people but you're building up an entire youth ministry of those that are also leading other students like you need to have people that are at your age level that you're like peer to peer working with. And then those that are younger than you, that you're kind of like building up. I mean, I think it's um, to borrow from a friend um, in jujitsu. You always want to be, you never want to be the best. You never want to be the worst. You always want to have somebody that you're learning from and somebody that you're kind of like pouring into as well. Like you, you always want to train in three and you always want somebody better and somebody worse than you. Sure. So what if, <clears throat> what are, what are some, what do you think are some solid boundaries for a youth minister? <clears throat> in creating these deeper relationships with these students to have like what are what are some practical tangible like here are some boundaries that maybe you use when it comes to not being like overly like just the buddy zach right where you don't have any influence in their life uh, for me, I've, I've really tried to dial back how much I text students uh, because I feel okay. like that's a thing that can become kind of a trap. Um, so if I ever try to chat with students, meet with students, usually the texts are pretty short and pretty quick of, hey, we should talk about that Sunday or, hey, we should meet and talk about that another time because the back and forth on text, at least for me, um, if it goes back and forth more than like two or three texts in a row, then it becomes almost this kind of like codependent relationship, especially if you're texting about any time after 8 p.m. like or 9 p.m., whatever time you want to set. I feel like the the trap of like the late night Facebook message notification ding or the late night text like like kind of buzz on your phone as it sits on your nightstand like on vibrate mode or whatever like 
be empowered to put on the do not disturb stuff. Like I know that nobody wants to miss that emergency call. Nobody wants to miss that emergency situation. But we have got to be people that practice good boundaries in general. And I think a lot of that starts with the ways in um, which we craft kind of our <laughs> micro or our niche communications. I mean, I think we need to be really good about making the announcements, sending the emails, writing the Facebook post, you know, posting up Instagram photos or whatever. But it's a lot of even though a lot of that can grow. In those kind of micro relationships, for me, what I've noticed is usually when things get either too personal or sour or too inappropriate, it starts in the texting relationship. And that's the one I would say to keep the really careful eye on. Uh, we actually practice at our church that, I mean, obviously people text us and we try to respond back. But whenever we can, we always try to send things as group texts. So whether it's my assistant and I texting a student or it's another male leader and I texting a student, we always want some layer of accountability that – Listen, if you wouldn't want one of your other leaders to read what you wrote or when you wrote it, then you probably shouldn't send it. So if I'm like, I'll respond back to Jimmy at 1 a.m., I'll make sure to include Chad. And if Chad's phone goes off at 1 a.m. and he's like, that's that, no, (laughs) no, I was (laughs) asleep, no. (laughs) And so just anytime you can bring, again, it's having those peer, like kind of same age, other adult leader relationships brought into the mix of what you're trying to do as a minister. I mean, love students, be about students, care for students, counsel students, but in the same way you care about them, care for yourself by bringing other kind of peer relationship into the mix as well. Sure, sure. So what about the, what about the other end, right? Like for, for guys that it, I don't know how to help you. Know, you. <laughs> what? Come on, Zach. I'm needing your help here, man. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think that sometimes it's really easy to um, always feel like you have the hat on of I'm responsible here. I'm trying to make all these things happen. You know, I'm trying to concentrate on like spiritual well-being, all those kind of things yeah. that that maybe we can forget the the simple fact that these are teenagers, right? Yeah. Um that that need to be cared for not like an adult because they're not adults yet, right? That they're students and we care for them in, in that way. Right. And so what are they're what are some people they are young adults on purpose. They are not quite formed. They are raw emotional beings. Yeah. Right. And, and so to have these expectations, I think, of them is probably not uh, healthy as well. And so sure. um, what are what are some very like simple, basic things um, that, that we can do to make sure that there still is that like young adult, you know what I mean? Relationship fun loving, and fun loving Chad. That's not just dispensing spiritual truth. Yes. No, I, 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 I think for you, and you don't like, have to use you don't have to use my name ever. I keep using the name Chad. <laughs> <laughs> so as I look at you, my friend Chad, uh, I, I would tell you, Chad, uh, that the important thing that you could do <laughs> is to be really in your boundaries, establish part of your boundaries as having some open time for students to dialogue, engage with you. So we've talked about before, Chad, that sometimes you'll go to Starbucks <laughs> and just hang out. Well, I would have that be a practice that maybe on Tuesday afternoons from three to five. Uh, two to four that you're there and the students know you're there and if they want to come talk to you they can find you and if they don't they don't have to and then you can say hey i gotta go it's four o'clock it's five o'clock whatever and kind of creating these um i mean if you were a professor because you're this sunday school headmeister chad um, you would have office hours right so like you know university setting like you either make an appointment which maybe is a little much to ask for a 14 year old that didn't think 
beyond the next five minutes. If they could make an appointment, that would be fantastic. <laughs> just talk to my secretary. She'll schedule. I got a room in three weeks. But but I think if you can be known to be certain places, I mean, I mean, maybe it is your office. Maybe your office is cool, and you've got a you know TV on the wall, and then come play PS4 in your office, or you know the Starbucks is cool, or even if it's you know you're at the youth room because the youth room's cool because you guys have made it cool. Uh, I would say have some dedicated times that are kind of casual for folks to kind of find you. You know, it's uh, the, it usually happens on Sunday mornings right after stuff or maybe your midweek. I know for me, like we actually moved our midweek stuff up earlier because of the half hour it took to leave because everybody wanted to talk to Zach after, which I was like, I was here an hour and a half before and nobody was here to right. talk to me. But that, so instead of finishing at eight, we finish now at seven thirty, So Zach can leave by eight ish. <laughs> Right. It, it, it didn't change anything that we do. We still have our, our chapel time together. We just start at 6.30, and instead of having it be from 8 to 8.30 that everybody gets to kind of like grab Zach by the shoulder and be like, hey, I have a question for you. It's now 7.30 to 8.05, and so I'm getting home yeah, earlier by still offering the same amount of ministry availability. And so That's good. That's very, very good. And I never so, know what's going to happen in that half hour. I can have a question about will you sign my National Honor Society service hour form because it's due tomorrow and I just thought of it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> or it may be like one of life's most pressing questions. And if it's one of those, you know, I try to make – I mean there's no way to really prioritize until you get in the middle of it. Um, but that's the way at least it's kind of a, a jumping off point of like, okay, they came to me on a Wednesday. They talked about it. This is something worth following up with with a phone call that night or definitely maybe a meeting after school that tomorrow that next day afternoon kind of thing. Really what I heard out of all of that was you giving me permission to buy an Xbox for my office. You should, if you don't have a 50 inch plasma in your office, then you're not fully reaching kids to the maximum potential that you could be reaching kids in your community. <laughs> I hope that every pastor listens to this, just hear us say that. And it's just like, <laughs> I knew it. Those guys just want more TVs. <laughs> That's what they're all about. That's, all That's about. awesome. Screen, screen, screens. That is so cool, man. All right, so as we as we think through this, right? What are what are some what's some solid like middle of the road advice? Like, man, here's some great ways um, to start some of these like healthy relationships. What are some things that we need to be doing to maintain them? And then, and then here's a question that I don't think we've hit on yet. That's probably an entire different episode. What does our relationship look like for these students once they graduate? I think that is an extra episode. I'm going to put you on the pause button on that one. Maybe we celebrate that one in an upcoming episode, but I think for now, for those thinking about the, the future of, you know, in this summer season, whether you're getting amped up or not, I think you need to be attentive and in the midst of all the busyness that you have going on with the multiple camps or mission trips or cookouts or whatever, you need to make sure in the midst of it that you're attentive enough to be surprised. I guarantee that our friend that stood up <laughs> for the camper that stepped in dog poop, <laughs> wink, he, he pooped himself. If you did miss that the whole time, he pooped himself. It was, it was yeah, he did not. It was he actually pooped himself. Like he didn't know going into that week that he was going to be a martyr for that guy. He did not know. Right. But in the moment, he was aware enough and attentive enough to cover for that guy. If you're so programmed and so busy that you can't um, be surprisingly supportive of one of these students. Um, then you will miss those opportunities. And you may have already, and I hope that you don't miss any future ones, but there's going to be, um, for every one student, there will be a two, a number two, that will probably happen this summer at camp. 
And I hope that in the midst of that, you can be attentive enough and creative enough to find a way to support them. Be surprised by the way um, which in which you show your support um, because you made space for that student in your life. And even in the busiest part of camp, which is the you know busiest week of the year, I would have a rotating list of students that you're really concerned with for a month or two. Um, and in your in your in the, the I mean, yeah, you have your roll sheets of all the students, six through twelve, seven through twelve, or middle school or high school that you're maybe like accountable or responsible for. But I would, in your kind of like listenings and whatever, like you know, man, maybe maybe Tim has shared some stuff recently, and he's just kind of on your heart. I would have him. His name, and if it's if it's maybe confidential, have it in a journal and not have it like on your computer screen. But I would have a reminder somewhere that you look every day to be mindful and prayerful for those five or six students, those seven or eight students um, that would just kind of like throughout your week would roll through and whatever level of interaction that they best respond to, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or text or face to face, you know, in the mix of everything else, making sure for a month or two at a time that they get your special attention. And that way it's not the same five or six forever, but there is like kind of this notion of man, like right now, Tim and, and Gabe and Ashley and, and Jarvis, like the, these four students, like I'm, they're on my mind. They're on my heart. Uh, and I would encourage your leaders to do the same thing. You, you mean, there's a lot of kids that come through and maybe these students are regular attenders or maybe they're the new student that just showed up. Or maybe this is a student that just came back after being gone for a while, whoever it is, whatever your formula is, that's fine. But I would have them in front of you and be reminded by them daily. Um, because you're going to be busy writing lessons, you're going to be busy doing this, and it might even shape the way that you begin to rethink about your other things. When, if you if you start thinking about how Tim um, is 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 kind of moving through and working through stuff this month, it'll help shape your lessons maybe in a fresh way. And maybe next month it's Ashley and the things that she shared um, that are very real. Uh, they might be true of other students that just haven't shared them yet. And so I think the way that you keep it um, growing is to keep it in front of you. And for you, the rest of our afternoon listeners, um, we are praying for you. We have your names in front of us. So if you sign up on the email list, uh, Chad and I, well, maybe we have your name. Maybe we at least have your email. <laughs> we are praying for you, and we are reminded of you, thinking of you this next season, um, whether that means mission trips or camps or just an overloaded schedule of all kinds of great activities. Whatever it means for you, um, make room to be mindful and attentive. Um, there is good ministry to be done in spite of all the programming and the planning. And uh, the fellows here at After Nine. Uh, Zach and Chad love you, and we're praying for you in this next season. Thanks for listening to After Nine. Join the community and continue the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, or visit afternineministry.com to share your story.